Welcome, Foul Tarnished. We are here to put your foolish ambitions to rest. I'm Cosmosis, and with me is co-host Sir Gideon the Half-Knowing. Hello and welcome to the Roundtable Hold. This is episode 6 of Elden Kings, an Elden Ring discussion, and tonight's topic is going to be Demon Souls. More specifically, the Demon Souls community, which has gone strong in the U.S. since it was released in October of 2009. A central part of that community has been the Demon Souls Discord server, run by a few great admins, one of which will be joining us shortly. Yeah, their survey population was at something like 35,000 people and still growing last that I checked. It's already an impressive figure on its own. Uh, Cosmosis, have you played Demon Souls before? I have not gotten the chance. Have you? Uh, yeah, actually, I think I've done it. I've ha- I think I've had maybe four to five playthroughs at this point. I played it for the first time on PS3. Like I borrowed my friend's PS3 when I was like 17. Then I played it again on my mates twice over. You know, I I beat it full thing full full over on PS3 again, and then I did like a mage run so I could one shot King and Land just for the fun of it. And finally, I played the uh, the remaster, which I think Bluepoint did like a fantastic job on all of it. Yeah, definitely. When I can afford a PS5 and get it, that will be one of the first games that I'm buying for sure. Yeah, the graphics are phenomenal. It was honestly the reason I got my PS5. I was just fully on the From Software uh, remaster hype train. Saying that, yeah, it probably was like a lot of people's reasons to get the PS5. Was that Demon Souls remake? I think that was like a big attraction. Yeah, I think they were really, really relying on it as a launch title back when the PS5 was getting started because it went through a lot of issues with like distribution and pricing. So I don't think people would have been as like ardent on buying it if it didn't have stuff like I think The Last of Us Two came out around that time, or maybe before. I don't remember. I didn't buy it, but I know for certain that Demon Souls was, you know, a launch title. It's, I didn't really play anything on my. PlayStation after playing Demon Souls until like Elden Ring and other shooters and whatever came out. And I started getting free stuff. Yeah, I'm, uh, one thing that I'm happy about, at least when it comes to the PS5, is that Sony didn't completely drop the PS4 like they did the PS3. I think that they realized that a lot of people, because of distribu- distribution issues and price, if that they just completely dropped the PS4, they'd be cutting out a lot of their client base. So I'm glad that they kind of kept that around for a little while. Yeah, it's huge. You know, not everyone can afford a PS5 or even buy one with the distribution stuff. And the PS4 has so much uh, backwards compatibility going for it at this point that it's... uh, I'm glad that I can do co-op with people on PS4 and that it's still getting all of the online support that it needs. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, So would you like to bring our guest on? Yeah, I think it's a good time to introduce them. So essentially, the... uh, the Demon Souls server host, Yuvi, is our special guest today, introducing Yuvi the Furled Finger uh, from the Demon Souls Discord server to tell us about what they do. Uh, yeah, how are you doing today, Yuvi? Good, thank you for inviting me. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm doing, doing great. Well. Yeah, it's good, a weekend, yeah. it's sunny out, it's warm out, it's a good day. Yeah, definitely is getting a little cold where I'm at finally. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, for those who don't know, I am UV. I'm one of the, well, I am the server host at the uh, Demon Server or Demon Souls uh, private server um, that we host over on the Demon Souls Discord. 
Yeah, and would you tell us a bit more about how the private server started and like what exactly goes into uh, running and maintaining it? Uh, yeah, sure. So, man, what was it? Uh, gosh, I think that was now about February of 2018, I believe, is when the original Demon Souls servers were set to shut down on the PS3. And so with that, um, there were a couple people that kind of stood up to try and recreate those servers so that uh, there was still a way for people on PS3 to play uh, Demon Souls online. And so one of them um, really took the helm of it because there was a couple of people who did it and did what we call like proof of concepts. Uh, but one person in particular took the helm of creating it and he created um, pretty much a near final, I would say, or a near complete version of the private uh demon souls private server and so it was still missing quite a bit of features but it was allowing at least everybody to connect back into the game so that they could finally start to play demon souls again on the ps3 um and then what happened from there is that this person had expressed their own interest that they didn't want to continue um hosting or even working on the project anymore as it was just kind of a a temporary thing for them in general they only did it for a couple of days even and so immediately um being the person who i am i've been actively involved in these type of projects before um i just kind of took the helm on the project and really led it from there and then worked with the demon souls discord uh that was then fairly small i would say uh to integrate into them and so we could start bringing um near official support back to the game so everybody was aware of how to connect and how to actually get back on and start playing demon souls as it was back in you know 2009 do you guys get a lot of um traffic uh, on there still i guess it depends what you mean a lot um in terms of a game that you would say is demon souls as of 2009 no but if you're deeming this as a game people were playing back in 2020 or i'm sorry 2017 2016 prior to the servers being shut down i would still think we are in general pulling probably near the average amount of players that were playing back then only because uh, by that point you already had multiple dark souls around in those games uh practically became the the from software games and so many people a either didn't know demon souls or b they just didn't want to go back and play it um so you know back then they're probably only pulling maybe 50 to 100 players anyways and um on a daily given day we can still pull around that same amount of active users um but it really just depends uh but you know of course there's going to be less just in terms of how you have to connect there is a a single barrier of entry to get in, but it is very easy um, still to get past that barrier of entry. And and what is that barrier of entry? Um, so in order for the server, uh, in order for you to connect to the server, you have to just go into your PS3 network configuration settings and just change a DNS entry. So instead of you going in and selecting the auto function, you can go in, you hit manual, and then you'll uh, set up a DNS server, and that what that will do is you're going to point it directly to the Demon Souls uh, server IP address, and then from there you'll be able to then just connect to the Demon Souls server as it was just you were connecting and playing any other game. Uh, but you'll still you know have full functionality of PSN and all the other features that um, is offered within the PS3. You're simply just going to my server so that you can play Demon Souls online. 
I don't know about you, Cosmosis, but that is so cool to me. I don't know. That's just that's awesome. I, it's small wonder that the, that the Demon Souls Discord server has grown so much over the years with like that kind of private server activity going on, and how it would just like draw the community to it. Um, yeah, I personally haven't heard of another game or community doing that. I'm sure that there probably are some out there, but I personally don't know of anyone that decided to just go and run a server so people could continue playing the game. I mean, this was fairly unheard of back in 2018, especially for PS3 games, um, as there wasn't a whole lot of um, work really being done on the PS3 side to resurrect dead servers for that uh, system. Uh, but I think just in general, Demon Souls gathered the attention of, you know, really FromSoft fans, I guess we'll say, uh, many of them now being coders or developers or whatever it might be. But uh, really, that's all stems from probably Dark Souls. You know, people got into playing Dark Souls and then they found out about Demon Souls and then heard that it was shutting down. And, you know, people kind of gathered around to try and save that game. Um and I can just go into a little bit of a backstory about with me and how Demon Souls um, really was impressionable for me, and that's kind of why I'm I'm involved really at this point too. Um, back when Demon Souls came out, I was kind of uh, what was I maybe seventeen, sixteen, something like that. Um, but I was watching a review on Gamespot.com, particularly about Demon Souls, because I was actually already a FromSoft fan. Uh, before Demon Souls, uh, due to their Armored Core series, um, as I was a huge mech guy, and I love that type of games, and they just really had this fast action, just like super cool customizations to your mechs. And so, when Demon Souls came out, I was very weary about it because uh, there were some reviews that were coming out um, from Japan that were, you know, definitely not optimistic. I guess you would say about the game, uh, but once it kind of hit American seas. Um, again, the story around that is really fascinating. If you guys don't know the Demon Souls story and how that game got published in America, um, but when that game hit American shores, uh, reviews started coming out. Some people didn't like it. Some people loved it. Um, GameSpots, in particular, and it was Jeff Gersman in particular that really hit hard with me because he was a, a a huge proponent of that game and the difficulty that that game brought, as it was pretty much. Um, I don't know. I don't think there was any competition in that type of field back then for a game of such caliber and difficulty. Even though the game was rough around the edges, um, it still just had this really mass appeal due to its difficulty. And so I remember I had gone in and traded in actually a bunch of games that I had just to pick up Demon's Souls. Uh, and then I slowly just remember sitting there playing that game day after day, night after night, uh, and just enjoying the hell out of it and just doing literally their everything there could have been in that game. Um, and then so, again, that's kind of how I developed and really cared for this game, Demon's Souls, back then. And and to be honest, I didn't go forward and play Dark Souls or any of the other more recent games uh, until late. But, uh, yeah, when I heard the Demon's Souls servers were shutting down, I felt it was a, a sin to the game just because that game in general, I think, is more of a online community driven game where if you don't have the signs or you don't have invasions or co-ops or anything like that i feel the game and the world inherently has no life uh, because those signs is what made that game super interesting and super appealing 
trying to go down and see if there's a trap around the the next corner or if somebody's just trying to lie to you by putting the wrong sign down. I mean, that still exists today in um, Demon Soul games, or I'm sorry, Dark Soul games and Elden Ring and stuff. And playing those first couple of weeks of a brand new From Software game is just so golden to me. And so that's kind of why I wanted people of today who go back and want to play Demon Souls that they can still experience exactly what I felt back in, you know, late 2000s. Yeah, that blind experience of a Souls game where everything is a mystery and you experience it with all of the online multiplayer elements and the messages and the co-op and the invasions is really valuable to me. That's awesome that you yeah. got to do it all the way back with Demon Souls. Uh, I actually don't know about like the release, like how it was released in the US though. Like, uh, could you go on, go into a bit more detail on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's really interesting because over in Japan and other countries, uh, Sony was willing to publish that game. Um, as we know, that game um, was, I guess, funded by them essentially. Um, back then for the ps3 but when the game was demoed over to i think it was shuhei yoshida at the time he was the president of third-party relations i believe it was for um playstation and so demon souls was put down into his pocket or onto his lap to look at and start playing through and uh, when it came to the u.s market he deemed that game impossible to gauge for the u.s market because he thought it would be way too hard and nobody would like it and would get killed on the reviews and so i think there's a, a famous quote by him i would love to dig it up right now but i'm pulling quote, it up yeah the quote goes by it was one of the biggest regrets he's ever made in his life by denying publishment in the american market uh for demon souls because essentially, um, sorry, what exactly happened after that is once Shuhei Yoshida denied um, he didn't want to publish it in America, Atlas Games, so publisher of like Persona and Shin Megami Tensei games, they stepped up and actually published the game in America. Um, and their game ended up going on selling millions and just becoming a classic hit because of um, Atlas getting in and Sony denying publish. Uh, in america so it's just really crazy that that's kind of what happened um again different taste in the world back in 2009 that you know they would think oh gamers don't want a super challenging game they want an interactive experience or whatever was popular back then it wasn't let's challenge the player and really make them feel bad about dying you know because uh, i think that was the whole premise of demon souls and why the game um took so long to even beat i mean Nobody went through that game and beat it in five hours like you could today, you know. You went through and you died literally every place and every second you could, and you were restarting progress all the time. And so I think if you tried to ask that question again back to gamers in 2009, um, I think it probably was the right answer by Sony. But obviously, as taste and you know opinions have changed on game, I think looking back on it, that's why he regrets um, that decision. So. It was definitely an interesting thing, but I mean, it's it's a very unique situation, and um, who could have blamed them for that? So. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like, the entire conversation on difficulty is still ongoing today with Elden Ring's release, and yeah. like, even back then, like, Dark Souls as a series had to go through a trial by fire up until something like 2, where everyone complained about the difficulty, 
And it wasn't until it like hit the mainstream and started like, I mean, it was always the mainstream selling millions of copies. But I feel like the two, the Dark Souls two to three, had like a pretty big uptick in sales, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I I did um happen to pull up a quote just to jump in real quick, cause, but I think this is kind of a funny one. But he said, uh, "For my personal experience playing Demon Souls when it was almost." final i spent around two hours playing it and after all that time i was stuck at the beginning of the game i told myself this is crap this is an unbelievably bad game so i stopped and put it aside we underestimated the quality of demon souls and to be honest the media in japan did the same we definitely dropped the ball from a publisher's perspective including the studio's management side yeah we are not able to grasp the value of the product we were making yeah that was the exact quote i was thinking of was that exact one where they even felt like yeah they even japan they thought this game was terrible and nobody liked it but um here we are it's a cult classic it's, exactly it's not a cult classic at this point defined the genre like yeah that's crazy it has like the I mean, pacing of arcade gaming for difficulty but... i think you're completely right in terms of the pacing of demon souls it's a it's really a an interesting subject on what i think is difficulty because the beginning of the game can give you some some hardship but really those first levels are nothing in comparison to what you kind of see once you get to like world two or three or uh four for god bids because that is impossible um but that's kind of also the beauty of what i think is demon souls i mean it, it was kind of in a, in a way like a an early elden ring in essence because while it was an open world you could legitimately start at any of the five worlds you wanted to um nearly right away once you completed the first uh one one is what we call it you were then opened up to the other worlds and you can go explore and immediately go to the harder worlds in the game and just completely skip the you know the easier ones i guess you would say but and it was um i can't recall if um uh, i know dark souls one kind of had a little bit of freedom like that but i think dark souls two and three were definitely more linear if i recall in those fashions I think um, Dark Souls three was pretty two. linear. I think two was pretty open world, like was comparatively. It? Yeah, you, you had yeah, a lot of two is really open going. world and like its beginning portion with the Lord Souls hunting. Uh, okay, and then it sort of closes into a linear path for the end of the game. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know. I was just saying, Demon Souls just this is just kind of always ticked with me, and um, I've recently just beaten uh, Elden Ring finally. Because uh, I took a really long time to play through games these days, uh, but that game was fascinating, and, and I think it kind of it gave me this sense of, um, I guess joy is the word I'm looking for, but it was also kind of torturous at the same aspect. Um, but it was like playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Breath of the Wild God, was a game that's that I exactly what I thought that I highly regarded, and I was like, wow, this game! I'm so glad this game has been made. And that I can go back and replay this game anytime because playing Elden Ring gave me this sense of just crazy exploration and literally I could do anything I wanted in this world. And uh, there was endless amount of combinations or builds or whatever it might want to be that I want to play in Elden Ring I could do. Uh, and it, it just gave me like, wow, this was honestly one of the top games I've ever played. And um, I can't wait to see what they do else in this uh, DLC that's probably coming out eventually. But um, Dark Souls games I, I mean they're great but they have nothing on Elden Ring or even Demon Souls in my opinion uh, I think they're great games but um, partly I just think Demon Souls did a lot of things right and I think Elden Ring just did everything right so 
Nice. I'm glad that it kind of came full circle for you and you really enjoyed Elden Ring. And I, yeah, I would agree that it was kind of, um, I guess one of my favorite things, and I think we've talked about this before, is it really kept you engaged with like all mm-hmm. the different landscapes and and bosses and like the different lore pieces and NPCs. It was just like every time I got to a point where I was like, oh, I must be getting close to the end of the game now. It was like there's this whole other underground area to discover or, yeah. or you know, just different things. It was pretty fun. I mean, I, I look at the map today even. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure I didn't do, but maybe 25% of what that game even had to offer in exploration. Because... Um, just going through and trying to look at the wikis and stuff just made me realize there was so much stuff I never saw even in Elden Ring. So uh, it just gives me another reason to go back and play it eventually, which is great. So uh, I'm probably going to make that happen once uh, the DLC comes out, depending on what's really involved in that DLC. What uh, what build did you go with? Just out of curiosity. Um, so traditionally when I play Souls games, I've always been and this probably dates back to Demon Souls, to be honest. I've always been a sword and shield person. Um, and I, again, I think that comes back to how Demon Souls was back in the day, where it was hold your shield up, dodge, and just kind of attack uh, when you got time, right? And I, I think, you know, throughout the From Software series that those kind of strategies have changed a little bit. Uh, but it gives me comfort knowing that I'm familiar with how something plays and how um, I know how to react correctly. I'm not like your experts out there that you see playing Demon Souls on YouTube where they can just simply, you know, fist every single monster and dodge every single attack and not get hit once. I mean, I'm far from it. Nearly half of the time when I make uh, or do boss battles, I will try to summon people uh, for assistance as trying to go one-on-one is very difficult. Um, even back in Demon Souls and even today for Elder Ring, it's uh, very difficult, at least for me. Uh, but yeah, I've always just been sword and shield, truthfully. So I, this time I went, um, I think I started out as samurai, if I recall, but then kind of versed my way into like a straight dex build at that point. So Nice. Very cool. Yeah, sword and board is king. You get all of the defense and you get a very yeah. solid offense. Yeah, I think next time, though, um, I've never been, like, appealed to magic because, again, I do think it is very overpowered in most of the FromSoft games and, and even Demon Souls. It's ridiculous uh, if you go with a magic build. Uh, and then I feel there's not much of a challenge at that point because you're already playing a ranged character, so you got a little bit of an advantage to begin with. Um, and then here you are just blasting them away with magic, right? So, um Probably, again, I would like to do something more challenging, probably like a bow-only run or something like that, which would probably be pretty fun uh, just to see if that's even possible, which I'm sure it is. It just would take longer uh, due to the damage scaling, really, in uh, Elden Ring. Yeah. So great, great bow would be interesting. What bow would be interesting? No, I said great bow would be pretty interesting. I wonder how that would do. I used uh, Radon's Great Bow quite a bit my first playthrough as my offhand sort of weapon swap for ranged options, and it was a ton of fun. The Radon Sphere especially, with its, like, effect. Interesting, okay. Yeah, I mean, when I try and watch speedruns of Elden Ring, it's just, uh, again, ridiculous and what people are coming up with these days and strategies and how they can just beat that game, I think, in eight minutes or something like that which is just ridiculous. 
Yeah, but just keeps making me want to go back and play it again. But I just don't get time <laughs> these days. So, especially to dump another hundred hours into a game where I know I'm going to meticulously go slower and try and explore a little bit more than I did the first time around. You don't have to get into it if you don't want, but you've mentioned being really busy uh, quite a few times. What What do you mean by that exactly? Like what? Uh, so in general, um. Obviously, I got my real life job, which uh, I'm a security engineer for. So, um, kind of partly why I'm kind of versed into the development slash reverse engineering type work um, is kind of already my my real job. Uh, but yeah, outside my real job, I also do a lot of um, in, in quotes hacking for reverse engineering work on games. Um, so I spent a lot of time and effort doing that for other teams. And so I'm involved in quite a lot of translation projects uh, for games and trying to create other servers for other dead games as well. Um, so those are things that I'm actively working on. Uh, and then, of course, I have a family, so I have to take care of uh, the family as well, which takes nearly all my time. Um, but yeah, outside of that, those are really what I do the most. Um, and then I got some general hobbies and stuff, but... Um, Nothing too fascinating. I try to make some room to play games every once in a while, but the problem with my games is that 90% of them are JRPGs. So they're all backlogged uh, because those games will take me forever to finish. And outside of that, I don't really play too many other games that are not uh, of Japanese origin, I guess you would say. Interesting. Yeah, that was going to be one of my other questions was... um... You know, I was curious if you had some kind of professional background that allowed you to do this um, Demon Souls uh, private server hosting, but it sounds like you do. So you answered that question before I could even get to it. Yeah, I mean, again, it's um, one gentleman kind of came in, and um, I also do apologize to the to this guy because I totally forget his name, and it's been a long time since I've talked to him. Um, but yeah, there was one gentleman who came in and kind of did, we'll say, did you know. 85, 80% of the work, something like that. Um, and then I kind of came in and took care of the rest of the missing features. Um, but something that kind of stands out in um, our server in particular, which I'm not sure if there are any other ones, but it's not just we're replicating the original experience now because uh, that's been finished and that's something I took care of. Obviously, one of the very first things I did was trying to replicate everything originally. But um, what we've been trying to do now is trying to add additional features that uh, people wanted or would like to have back in the game that uh, they just couldn't get because of Atlas didn't want to let them or from software. Um, obviously doesn't want people to abuse the servers for whatever they might be. So there's some additional cool things like, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of how the world tendency system works in demon souls, but uh, part of uh, my server uh, yeah, but a part of my server is we allow people to change the world tendency at any given time. Uh, and that stems from the reason that there's not enough players to influence the world tendency as much as there would have been back in the day. So it's not swaying and moving back and forth as nearly as much. So we give the players the ability of doing that themselves. Uh, in essence, they're able to inject their own server commands to my server. And that allows them to change their own world tendency. Um, so obviously everybody knows you can place down signs or messages in from software games. So if you place down specific signs uh, in Demon Souls, 
they will actually change your will tendency based off what signs you place down from pure white to neutral to pure black. And so that would just allow people to go in. If they want to make their world pure black, they can do that. And then that will let them be able to go get the weapons or kill the monsters or the NPCs or whatever it might be. That would only show up during those times of world tendency periods. Um, so yeah, there's um, additional things where we also have something I'm working on now is bringing back the Pantheon. So if you guys aren't familiar with what the Pantheon is, that was a leaderboard system that was implemented into Demon Souls where you'd be able to go in and view certain statistics about uh, the players out there. And so, um, unfortunately, the official Pantheon leaderboards um, are practically useless because they have been hacked to death. And so they're all just hack times and hack stats, and all these characters are just crazy. Um, so it's kind of part of uh, my new mission to just replicate that, but our own style, um, and making it so that you know, people who want to work towards a leaderboard, you know, goal, they can instead of just not being able to because of the hacked leaderboards. Um, and some more fascinating stuff about the server, and, and probably really the biggest one is, um, I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with what RPCS3 is. Do you guys know what that is? I do not. Okay. The, em uh, the emulator for PS3, right? Yeah, correct. So the RPS3 is, again, an emulator for the PS3 on the PC. And so one of the biggest things uh, to come out of that project is what we call the RPCN, which is um, a replacement PSN network for the emulated PS3. Um, hey, that's a big deal in itself because finally there is a system in place to save dead games from completely dying because back in the PS3 era, this was when Sony was really getting into obviously providing network services to customers and to developers. So with that came systems that uh, developers could use to host multiplayer sessions or do communications or let Sony handle a bunch of things that the developers don't have to code or they don't have to host themselves. But obviously, once PSN support ends officially on the PS3, all of those things would go away. So the amazing people over at RPCS3 created a emulated PSN network, officially really um, allowing us to get back those communications and allow us to host dead games and bring back things that... Uh, would otherwise be lost without that service and so while today it may not be a, a big thing i think once psn goes down officially on ps3 that's gonna um, be massive uh, but the reason i bring it all up is really because demon souls was the the leading effort behind the rpscn project uh, because by far i think that was their most popular game that was played on the emulator uh, based from what i was told and so it only made sense for them to try and um, get emulated uh, psn working so they could allow all of those demon souls users who are playing on emulation to play officially on my server so today 
anybody who's playing the emulated Demon Souls, uh, they're able to join the server just as if you were a regular PS3 user and play just like how it was back in 2009, and there really be no difference. And in fact, you have better functions and features than you ever would have. I mean, the emulator alone gives you better quality graphics. You got 60 FPS. Um, you get uh, better control options. Uh, and then probably the deeming function of the server is that regardless of what region of the game you're actually playing, you can just play cross-region. Um, so if you want to play a Japanese user who's playing on the American version, you could. If you have somebody playing on the Spanish version of the game and um, they want to play with the English players, they could. Um, so any really of the vice uh, cross-country stuff would work just fine. Um, so we've had it where we've had Japanese uh, games, we've had Korean games, and we've had English games all connected to the same uh, co-op session, just playing like it was Demon Souls in America, practically. So, um, so I think that brings the community together even more. Um, and there's really been a rally behind um, Demon Souls on the emulated stuff. Um, and that's really reflected in even the player numbers as the player numbers for Demon Souls uh, RPS3 are substantially higher than just the generic ps3 server so nice that's that's really cool one thing i was curious about i know that you said that they could log in you know they could play the game just as if they had um a psn um what does that look like logging into that like do they still create an account in the same way or what does that look like exactly yeah so the way that it works is that um you will create a rps um cn account so practically it's just a a fake PSN account, truthfully. Oh, cool. And um, you just create that as you would. Um, it's a little bit different on the emulator. Instead of you going through like the XMB to do that, you just do it through the emulator's uh, GUI. Um, but once you have it created, like that's it. It will just function like you're just online in any game. And technically, the PSN emulation works on any game there is that supports PSN. It just depends on if it's been fully implemented to allow it to connect. So when it first came out, there was only two games that were known to work, and it was uh, Bomberman and Demon Souls. And every other game after that, yes, it would detect that you could connect online, but the game would either not work properly or something would be broken where you couldn't connect to each other or something like that. Uh, but slowly, they've been improving it, and uh, there's been a lot more compatibility increases. But um, it was just... I worked kind of heavily hand-in-hand uh, hand with the, the team over there to get Demon Souls functioning properly. So it was, again, the first game uh, to come up on that service and, and be allowed to play. Uh, so it was uh, just a pleasure really working with them to get it going because it just uh, meant a lot that it was something we knew technically people were able to do already prior to this, but to get actual official support um, from the emulator was great. So. Honestly, that's just phenomenal work in general. Like, I can't believe that you guys were able to reverse engineer the entire network to be able to provide that kind of service to gamers and that you can just toast it like that. Like, I don't know, that's so cool. As someone that primarily plays a lot of old games through emulation, uh, like, I don't know, I don't like the Fire Emblem series specifically was one of my favorites, which had a bunch of translation issues for a long while. And I just yeah. want to say thank you for all of your work in that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, no problem. I mean, like, again, that's kind of just what I love to do is uh, game preservation, to be honest. And 
Um, while I don't have many projects under my belt that are related to preserving dead servers, um, a lot of my projects stem from the translation background. So um, that's where I've actually been involved in trying to bring at least some games over uh, from Japan to um, uh, Americas or just put it in English at least. We'll be right back after these messages. In the meantime, what's your favorite RPG? Tell us down below. Do you find yourself trapped in unending stagnation by the goddess of grace? Has the greater will abandoned the realm to curses unabating? Does the Ur tree forsake all with its impenetrable thorns? Many tarnished like you have experienced these very problems. Try the Cardinal Sin today! And tweet Erd Tree You Shall Burn at From Software. This message brought to you by Kindling Maidens Incorporated. The Elden Kings are pleased to announce the results of the Elden Rings discussion art contest. In first place was Elhio with her beautifully detailed art submission. Second place was a tie between two incredible pieces made in real life. The first was a full set of jewelry modeled after iconic items in the Frunsoft games, and the other was a full-blown Margit cosplay, with the tail and all. Finally, last but certainly not least, was a painting of the regal ancestor spirit, done by Astra Art. Thank you everyone that submitted their work to the contest. We'd like to shout out our affiliate subreddits that support the podcast. Find the links below. We'd also like to remind everyone to check out the Demon Souls Discord server to grow that number past 35,000. Wrapping it up, make sure to check out more of UV's work over at their Twitter if you like what you hear. And try out Sir Gideon the Half Knowing's new game Plus 10 Let's Play of Elden Ring over on their side channel too. Let's get back to the episode. I noticed that um, you mentioned that you mostly only played um, JRPGs and and that type. Is there a reason that you do you have like a kind of connection to that 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 leads you down that path? Yeah. Um, again, a lot of this stems from my younger days, and this is way back before then as well. Um, before way before Demon Souls. Um. Yeah, so I grew up uh, kind of like in a smaller area um, where there wasn't really a lot of houses nearby and things like that. But I, I had a friend um, who his dad actually worked for a game company, and um, I can't remember which one it was. But he got access to a lot of games uh, well before they were actually here uh, and released. And so with that, majority of those games were JRPGs. And so what happened is, uh, is his dad would bring home the game and I would uh, go over and play with my friend and just kind of see what it was or um, play what it was. And so a couple of the games that have always uh, come to mind is there was an MMO. Uh, one of them was called uh, Priston Tales, very obscure. Uh, but it was an MMO that was being released in America and his dad was somehow involved in the project. And so... I got to play this MMO called Kristen Tales. It was a Korean MMO. One of probably one, if not the first MMOs I ever played in my life. And really a brought me into the MMO aspect. 
um, which was great because uh, today I still love MMOs, but I'm very picky about my MMOs. Uh, either way, to go on, after that, uh, we would start getting games like Lunar Home. We would start um, seeing games like um, Alundra, uh, what were some other ones, uh, Vanguard Bandits, and just these really obscure games that I thought I'd never see in my life or even play of um, you know, back then. And let alone thinking about today, it's kind of odd that um, I was able to play all these really now very expensive games. Um, but as I kind of started uh, growing up and you know being able to ask my parents for uh, consoles and games and stuff, I always just wanted JRPGs. So I think it must have been every Christmas I was asking for a Final Fantasy or a Chrono Cross or a Chrono Trigger or some game, some new JRPG that just came out on the PlayStation, most likely, and um, just always had to get them and keep playing them. And back then when you're a kid, you literally have infinite amount of time to sit there and dump hundreds of hours into a game. And so that's what I did. And so today I, I pretty much do the same thing. I just never had games that kind of clicked with me otherwise. Um, there are, but I think what happens is it's always about lore and story for me primarily. And I think that's kind of why JRPGs has always pulled my attention was they just had such a fantasy um thrill to them that you just wouldn't get from anything else and i think if you look back uh, and then you kind of compare it to like what playstation does today right like people say to playstation all they do is create cinematic story driven single player action games right and i think jrpgs have been doing that you know for 30 40 50 years at this point um and i think that's why those have always clicked with me but i still can't get into like playing the the new Spider-Man or the last of us or something like that. Cause they just don't have that same type of thrill and feeling that uh, I just enjoyed. And then I think what kind of cemented that is just growing up. Uh, I'm sure you guys have all heard if you grew up in America, Toonami, um, you get to watch anime at night and that kind of One cemented thing. my love for, yeah, exactly. It cemented my love for JRPGs and just kept um, playing them ever since and haven't really stopped. And, you know, I play a lot of obscure games. Um, I play a lot of obscure Japanese games specifically uh, because there's a lot of JRPGs, obviously, that didn't come to America that only exist in Japan. Um, and that's kind of partly the reason as I how I got into translating is... Uh, actually, it's funny, and I think this probably kicked it off, is that one of the first um, games I bought from Japan was uh, Tales of Fantasia for the PlayStation 1. Um, at that time, my dad had a mod-chipped PS1, so I was able to play these things region-free, so thankfully I got that and you know brought it over and played it, but as a young kid, I had no idea what was going on. I just thought, oh, it's a great RPG. Um, I was able to play through it just fine without knowing what the story was. Um, but eventually, there was a translation that came out for that game, and it was quite rare for a game of that caliber and recently at that to get a translation because I think the game got a translation only, man, probably about a couple years after it was released. It was pretty rare. Uh, but yeah, then I replayed that whole game in a translation and kind of made me think like, wow, that's uh, 
pretty interesting, uh, especially back then. And then, you know, as time kept going on, you would see, oh, there's this new JRPG coming out, but it's not coming to America. Oh, there's this one. Oh, yeah, it's also not coming to America. And that just kept happening and happening and happening in the late 90s to early 2000s and late 2000s because I feel like Japanese games in general didn't really start hitting American shores with Reliancy until like, I don't know, almost late 2010s, I feel like. Um, but again, you have all these RPGs that are released in the 90s and early 2000s that never came over. And so I work with a couple teams just to try and translate them and bring them all over. Um, while I'm not a expert at Japanese and I can't um, reliably translate them myself, I'm, I'm pretty good at hacking them uh, to figure out their mechanics and how things work inside of the games to then um, extract the files and the scripts and everything and then retranslate them and insert them back into the game. So uh, people like you or I could just go back and enjoy them and play them uh, how they are. So um, it's always something or another, you know, related to my young history that uh, brings me into games. So what I do today. Yeah, that's cool as hell that uh, your friend's dad was just like in in the know on all of that stuff so he got everything before it released before it dropped he got to get was, over the region locks that's awesome i was uh playing you know world of warcraft back then uh well before people uh got access to it uh because of him uh, and then when the game actually came out i remember his dad's like oh i got like 10 copies in the back he just was given like 10 copies to take <laughs> home to like give to whoever and so, uh, you know, being an MMO guy back then too, me and my friend uh, at the time were just, yeah, we'll play World of Warcraft. And funny enough, I loved it, but my friend hated it. He, he could not get into World of Warcraft. Uh, and I don't blame him because at the time we were playing Final Fantasy XI. Um, and so I think we both continued playing Final Fantasy XI and stopped playing WoW. And then eventually I went back playing WoW. But uh, I think it's just funny that because of that one guy in the random little city I lived in, I was able to play uh, some pretty significant games, I guess you would say, that you know, probably people didn't have access to, or they did. It was just, I got them early, so. Yeah, for real. My um, my friend in high school, her dad was in like an anime, not anime, but like in a localization company. So he would bring home just entire hard drives of anime that they would watch together because, like, he oh, awesome. tested it. Yeah, and so she'd get all of the stuff before it came over, before some of it was even translated. Uh, just, like, everything. It was so cool. Uh, hard That's drives cool. and hard drives of the stuff. Yeah, I, I know, I guess probably the biggest one was either World of Warcraft or... Um... Yeah, that's like, crazy. I think it was like Zelda Wind Waker, I think at that time was another big one that we got pretty <laughs> That'd early. Be so. so cool. I love Wind yeah. Waker is my favorite Zelda, so like Oh I man, know. I remember at the time I kinda hate that game. I just <laughs> I it just didn't click with me at the time, I think. Um but again, I I wasn't a big Zelda fan, admittedly, back then. Um I only recently became a Zelda fan because of Breath of the Wild, I guess. Um I try and go back and I play the old Zelda games. I'm just, I can't do it. Um, they're just, they're good, but they just don't hold up. Especially when I'm, I guess my problem is I'm trying to compare them to Breath of the Wild, which is my own fault. So yeah, it's yeah they play much different. <laughs> yeah. I think they were just too linear and too kind of, um, 
just not not what I was expecting, you know. Yeah, if you went in expecting Breath of the Wild, then that's a pretty stark difference. Even like Skyward Sword and whatnot is like starting a departure from what I yeah. feel like you used to get. Yeah, I mean, it's odd for me to say that because I, I know when I was there, he was bringing home a lot of uh, like GameCube games too, and so one of those games was uh, Fantasy Star Online one and two for the GameCube that he got a little bit early. And uh, again, this is one of these days, like one of these games where I pretty much dumped my life into it because uh, it was another MMO-like game, and just uh, Fantasy Star was. Uh, one of the games that just kind of clicked with me and you can see similarities to kind of how like fantasy star and zelda kind of are where it's, it's kind of linear in the aspect that you can only go from certain places to certain places but um i guess if you compare it to like a ocarina of time you do have a couple more choices but i don't know zelda just never clicked with me and until recently and then trying to play the almost just doesn't work so i would love it um if you know somehow they could remake them um you know fun fact i have a full wii u collection i own every wii u game uh, in north america specifically uh, and so i've tried to play wind waker hd many times and it just doesn't do it for me i just don't know what it is i've tried <laughs> so many times i start off and i you know i play a couple hours into it and, and I guess the game just has a slow start or something, maybe, but um, tried and just, no, never gets to it. And if it doesn't click with me, I'm kind of out because I just got, I got too many other things I got to try and play, you know, so. And not mean, enough time. That's a pretty good way to put it. I don't think Wind Waker really picks up into its full potential until after you go, go through, like, the Great Deku Tree Dungeon, which is the second one. Uh, There's a Deku Tree in Wind Waker? Yeah, it's cool. You get to listen to this little dude okay. that has a violin. It's like his son. He's got a bunch of children. Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, Wind Wake is a real cool game, and it's got pretty. It's got actually my favorite climax, which I think is why it's my favorite game. It's just got like Ganondorf is just like I don't know. He's cool at the end of the game. I mean, it, that speedrun is something else. That's for sure. Um... When the, the speed run was like five and a half hours. I watched yeah. the uh, the AGDQ for that. I mean, it was always about that barrier skip. Once they found it, it was all good. So yeah, there's um, so much lore behind barrier skip. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we got into a Zelda thing, but <laughs> it's supposed to be a a From Software podcast, pretty much. Oh, we get all <laughs> over the place in this. Oh yeah, definitely Tangent City. I think um, there is a. Uh, quote where they, uh, he was saying that um, Elden Ring took some inspiration from Breath of the Wild, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, you would have to imagine that I don't know when Elden Ring was in development, but whenever Breath of the Wild came out, uh, they definitely took a look at it and maybe either changed the way they were envisioning their own game based off of that game. Because, I mean, Breath of the Wild was 2017, is that correct? think so something um, like that i want to say it got delayed yeah. a lot but yeah so i don't know 2017 or 2018 i mean that's still four or five years ago at this point so elden ring was certainly in very early development you would have to imagine so yeah i imagine such a big open world game especially one from japan would have impacted them a lot and how they portrayed what they wanted to make like yeah 
I mean, I don't know how they can go back from that type of game after what they accomplished. So, are uh, you talking about FromSoft? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no idea how they can change and go back to a, a Demon Souls type of game after Elden Ring. I think yeah, that's I what they that intend we... to do. Honestly, rather make like an Armored Core two type situation. Yeah, I'll be happy with Armored Core. Armored Core has been left in the dust, and I feel very sad for that game. And it's very underrated, and nobody cared back then. But I don't know if anybody would care now. So, um, think- if they made an open world Armored Core game, though, I could get behind that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll be in. That'd be awesome. I think. Um, I think if they, you know, I th- first of all, I think that's what everyone's expecting. But secondly. Um, even though people didn't care back then, I think FromSoft has such a reputation now that yeah. if they did release an Armored Core, everyone would be all about it to kind of see like what they might have missed out on before they, they kind of joined on the uh, Soulsborne and FromSoft train. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for an Armored Core game. That would be amazing. Um, Imagine the customizability. It'd be so cool. I mean, it was already crazy back in the day, and now it'd be probably... I mean, if they made it like an Elden Ring type of customization, it'd be insane. Because um, like back then, you, you were only able to like, hey, you can select a couple weapons, the way you're, you can uh, uh, paint your mech and, and armor, things like that, and choose their legs and arms and stuff. But if they had like an actual equipment type screen uh, where you could like change on the fly, that'd be pretty interesting. And they made it more RPG aspect where you had like stats assigned to your guns. That would be certainly interesting. Um, kind of reminds me of like uh, if you guys ever heard of Front Mission. It's another strategy RPG game uh, that I really like, and uh, kind of the same aspect. You can uh, you get different stats on your weapons and stuff, and customize your mechs uh, for that. So, yeah, um, kind of. Real briefly, I'm just going to mention the remaster of Demon's Souls, um, just because I think it's also another interesting story to tell. Um, actually, not too, not too far before the announcement of the Demon's Souls remaster, I was a part of another podcast, actually, where we discussed this exact thing, uh, where... Did we think a remaster was going to happen? There were some clues at the time that potentially something was going to occur, uh, but there was no hard, firm yes that it was. Um, and the funny aspect of that story comes from, A, obviously being the host of the Demon's, Demon Soul server, um, you would expect some notoriety, I guess. Um, and with the person I am, I was very... Um, this ballsy is the way to put it to register the domain demon souls remaster.com. Um, oh no. <laughs> so, uh, surprisingly, I still own that domain. I don't know how I own that domain. Uh, but this was long before they even announced it. Uh, and so, yeah, the demon souls remaster, uh, got announced and, you know, it actually did more good than it did harm, I guess you would say, for my server. I was really expecting the game to, to really die on the PlayStation, but um, numbers shot up through the roof. The game was just going crazy on the servers. You would literally have hundreds of people back onto the servers, which we had never seen. It was 
we're literally just breaking records on the servers back when it got announced uh, due to the attention the game garnered. Um, and everybody's like, oh, wait, this is a game that already exists and I can play it today. There's like, oh, yeah, let's go do that. Yeah, um, incredible. So, so, did you ever do anything with the website? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you type it in right now, it just takes you to my uh, to the Archstones to the Archstones dot com, which is my real server. Um, oh, yeah, funny enough. Um, sorry, if you look at the Archstones dot com, you can see additional things that I've implemented on the server, like just a like a stats page of. How many people have died on playing my server and all these weird things that you never wanted to know of. Um, and one interesting thing that people still ask me all the time, there is a sixth world in that game. If you guys are not aware, it is called Northern Limits in Demon Souls. And Northern Limits is a broken arch stone that it was in Demon Souls originally and Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't played the Demon Soul Remaster. I'm pretty sure you still cannot access the broken archstone yeah, they in didn't Demon Souls Remaster. It was, oh, okay, good. it was just a remaster. No giants for us. Gotcha. Alright, so in the PS3 version, there is remnants of that uh, that map still existing, so people well before I came into the scene had already figured out a way to get into the Northern Limits Archstone and restore its purpose. And so for those who are in the know, uh, because I don't know if it's public knowledge yet, I'm sure it is, but uh, for those who are in the know and have the required files, you can get into the secret Archstone, which is, we'll just say, nearly unfinished. And if you were connected to my server, you could play this secret, unreleased map, online, PvP, everything on this dead archstone. And so, if you look at the player ratings, or the player stats on the website, you'll see there are 28 deaths in the Northern Limits. And people ask me all the time, what the hell is the Northern Limits, and how are there people dead there? <laughs> and after you explain <laughs> to them, questions get asked like how do you get access and how do you do this and then um that's kind of like where the conversation ends because it actually unless you have somebody who gives you everything prepared it's actually a lot of work to try and restore everything but it's just a funny conversation maker that uh another part of my server is yes you can go back and play on this dead map that doesn't really exist of course that wasn't allowed officially um originally when the server was implemented uh when we pretty much reverse engineered the code. They had no support for that server or for that map, excuse me, that archstone. So we uh, so I built in support for that archstone and there you go. Twenty eight people have died there. And eight people left eight people left messages. Yeah. Yeah, I see that too. So there are eight messages floating out there in Northern Limits that nobody has any idea what they do or what they say pretty much. That's amazing. So, yeah, there's a, a stream on YouTube of uh, some gentleman um, uh, that I was using the test with, and we were the first ones out there playing that map on a server, a multiplayer, which has never been done. So other than that, you know, there's only, what, 1.3 million deaths on the server? So that's a lot. And that only counts our deaths uh, specifically to my server, not pre-existing ones as well. 
they were all one guy. Yeah, that would be surprising. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can tell just based off of uh, the stats page alone that the the game is, uh, you know, quite active. I, I think you would say there's still a lot of people on there yeah. playing all the time. I mean, the online users page is uh, sometimes correct, sometimes not. It just depends. But um, again, fairly active. I mean, it's middle of the day on Saturday and you got at least 10 people on, so not bad. But there's always something occurring on the Demon Souls Discord. So if anybody wanted to play or get in and just you know have fun playing Demon Souls, I mean, get into the Demon Souls Discord. Uh, there is spots for the PS5 version and the PS3 and RPSC uh, 3 version. Uh, so if you need it, you know, co-op help, or if you want to do some PvP matches or whatever it might be, um, definitely feel free to go in there and um, join up and ask. Um, I know we just had our big. Uh, event uh return to bulletaria uh which just occurred so normally when those occur we do get a huge amount of influx of players um so anybody who wants to play and but really wants to play online i would encourage you to wait when those events occur and come back then uh because that's when you're really going to get um the closest to an authentic um demon souls experience where you'll have people invading you all the time and just um, messages being laid everywhere and all that stuff. So, is it okay if you if, if we uh, post the Discord link in our description and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Cool. Yeah, we'll post um, links to the stream and whatnot as well <laughs> to uh, give links to everything. That sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, you had a pretty interesting question um, on the script that I wanted to hear the answer to. What we got? It was it was the last question I think you had in there. Oh, the one in questions three. I see that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. It's a good okay, question. Yuvi. this is a this is a tough one for you. If you had to fight one horse-sized duck or one hundred duck-sized horses, then which would you choose? Uh, I believe I would choose a hundred duck-sized horses. The reason, when I think of a duck, my mind always goes towards a, a rubber ducky. <laughs> and so I'm imagining this horse-sized rubber ducky being like Phalax from Demon Souls, where he's just a big squishy gel and absorbs all of your attacks. And I feel like that would be a detriment to defeating this horse-sized duck. But a hundred duck-sized horses, what is the worst they could do besides step on my feet all the time? They can't jump, but to my knees. And they might have, you know, some shoes that could hurt, but at their given foot size, I don't think it would be an issue. Um, so, yes. Final answer, 100 duck-sized horses. Beautiful. I think that's the only right answer, to be honest. I don't know who would want to fight a horse-sized duck, so... Yeah, I feel like a horse-sized duck would be like an undertaking. That just... Imagine the teeth. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I mean, and, like, it's got wings, dude. Those wings are going to be massive at that size, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be fighting, like, a big dragon that you see at the beginning of Elden Ring at that point. <laughs> like, yeah, do I get a sword and shield for it? It's like, eh. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, I'm level five? Great. I already got to fight a dragon. Cool. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> that would be a funny mod if someone replaced all of the dragons with ducks in Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, that would work, actually. That sounds like a good mod. I can get behind that. I'm not really a mod person, actually. Me I, think I, I never really mod any of my games. I use, like, restoration like patches, and that's about it. Yeah, I can do restoration stuff. I think, like, the only, like, real modding I do is when a game doesn't properly support, like, the monitor or something I'm using. It's like Elden Ring, for example, right? I use an ultra-wide monitor, and it's stuck in this 16x9, but I want to stretch it out to the full 21x9. That's just, like, weird limitations they put in. Uh, uh, did you have any closing thoughts, Gideon? Uh, I mean, I guess I've got a couple last questions. <laughs> I'm trying to like go over it. There's like some questions. There's like some clarifications, but I know you have to leave soon. I can stay for a few more minutes. I can do it real fast. I know I talk a lot, but <laughs> I can also answer really quickly. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, I've seen that Sen and the Maiden in Black or other moderators on the server. Like, who exactly? Uh -huh. Could you give us like a breakdown of who's involved in everything? Um, uh, don't hold me to this. Um, uh, but. I know that Sin is like the second top moderator, I think. I, I'm fairly certain Made in Black is like the main like leader and like the first server creator in essence. Like they made the Demon Soul Discord. And then I think Sin just joined on um, following them. I know there's some other moderators now as of recently, but um, I think they're just moderators as moderators and nothing more than that i don't really interact with um, them outside of uh, the server related stuff to demon souls so we practically don't actually talk that much anymore because the server is self-sufficient it will sit there and run years after years without ever being touched and kind of how that works yeah that makes sense to me uh what's the origin of your username you know uv is sort of interesting uh okay i used to go by a lot of different usernames and i had kind of just stuck to uv um i think it was i want to say i saw it in a game or something i think it was and i don't know one day i was probably creating a new username and i just did it and then i've now done so much work and other stuff under the name uv that i just keep it at this point because if i change it it's just like i'm throwing away all of the past history i guess you would say of things i've done um, all so, your street cred yeah exactly my street cred at this point yeah <laughs> not, there's really no big meaning behind it it's probably just i saw it in a game and i was like oh, i'll use that okay uh yeah i mean i think that wraps up most of what i could get over like yeah, that's. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's been great talking to you. You know, and once again, thank you for all the work you put into like developing. Uh, the world runs on free software developers and all of the efforts you guys put into it. And I love playing old games that get translated and emulating. So I'm glad to have met someone behind that. Yeah. Cosmosis, uh, do you have any closing closing thoughts? Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I really appreciate you coming on. And like I said earlier, it was. Uh incredibly interesting to kind of hear your background and how you get into this stuff um you guys kind of built a massive community over there on discord so it's really cool to see um do you have anything uh 
any new projects, anything coming up that people might want to know about? Um, I mean, I, I'm still actively working on the current disc, uh, Demon Souls private server. Um, might seem like I'm a little bit laxed, and partly yes, partly no. Um, there are some big features coming up eventually to the server. I actually made some big changes uh, actually only about a week ago uh, to facilitate this. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, outside of Demon Soul stuff, um, I got some translation stuff that's occurring. You can always follow my Twitter, um, UV-app if you want it, um, where I post um, mostly translation-related stuff regarding projects or something that I'm working on. And uh, other than that, that's about it. I would say thank you. Um, and while I am not uh, the moderator of the Demon Souls Discord, I am still there for any assistance or help that people might need. Um, I definitely do get a lot of PMs already, so don't try to PM me, I guess. But you can always like at me uh, in the chat, which will probably be easier because uh, I don't read my PMs. I get too many. Uh, but yeah, as I would say, is uh, again, thank you, and um, I hope maybe Sin or Man and Black can come on one day to actually talk to you guys about maybe the Discord aspect of things and how they manage it and run it because uh, I'd be curious to know as well because I'm not actively involved in it, so because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've even at, I've expressed kind of the same concerns you guys had, um. You know, back when uh, PS5 Demon Souls was being announced, I was like, wow, I think this, this Demon Souls server is about to blow up. And, you know, one of the first things I did for them, I created them a Discord bot because they needed a way to control access uh, to the Demon Souls server. And so if you look at the Demon Souls uh, Discord, there's a bot called Candle Maiden, which is coded by me. And uh, I manage it. So, yeah, that's another fun fact. But yeah, uh, they manage a big server over there now, especially with those uh, PS5 folks. And um, you have those coin runners and stuff like that, too, because I think this is the official home of the coin runners. Um, so I know they're actively doing a lot of events to get people that, uh, what is it, their exclusive armor, I think it is, or some like super secret armor that you can get um, from the Demon Souls, so... And haven't they like raised money for charity with that coin runners uh, program? Yeah, um, I think it was last year, and it might even be every year. But I know last year in particular, um, I participated in that uh, charity event uh, for the coin runners, where uh, for the return to bulletaria event, uh, people would uh, donate money, and if you did, you would be able to get um, a full set of the coins. I forget the name of the coins. Rusty coins or something like that. Um, you get a full set of the coins, which then gets you access to the door. Uh, and so a, I know they raised a lot of money, and I participated as well. I donated, I think, like $50 worth of coins to people uh, so they could just go out there and get free coins, and they did some giveaways and stuff. So um, I can't tell for sure if they do that every year, but I would believe they probably would. So if you guys are ever interested, um, definitely do that because uh, I know it goes to a good home too. So. Alrighty, that's cool. I like it. Thank you for joining us once again. Not a problem, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Alrighty. Yeah, this has been Elden Kings and Elden Ring discussion. That was episode six, where we covered Demon Souls. Uh, you know, the emulation, the guy, the person behind the emulation, and all of that good stuff. As always, 
Thank you for joining the Roundtable Hold, and we look forward to making episode 7. Upcoming topics range from a Bloodborne episode to get into this year's October Sudbukiness, or possibly a part 2 to our lore series. Check out our affiliates over at r slash Elden Ring Discussion, and we'll see you next time. Don't you dare go hollow on us.